welcome once again to Cinemaholics, the major motion podcast, where we talk about the biggest and best films coming to theaters and streaming online. From the San Francisco Bay Area, I'm John Agroni, film editor for InBetweenDrafts.com. And from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, he's a freelance film writer and musician lover. It's Will Ashton. What up? I'm not going to sing. I'm not going to give you that luxury, I guess, I'm, or, yeah, or that done it before. Uh, yeah, I guess. Have I sung on the podcast before? You have. Uh, the Christmas episode. Christmas episode. Yeah, well, I think it was a Christmas episode. Uh, well, it, you you did. I'll I'll dig up the tapes. But yes, it was during okay. the um, the gas leak year, 2020. Okay, okay. I'll take your word for it. Today we're talking about Flora and Son, the latest John Carney movie. Now, we're pretty late on recording uh, this week, and so things are a little bit doubling up in terms of releases this weekend's releases and we're recording this on a friday so Mm. like we're already into the next week we already have the creator which just came out and uh, i reviewed for in between drafts one of the big movies of the week there's also saw 10 saw yeah saw x i think saw x yeah um and then there's also paw patrol the mighty movie which you know we were going to talk about uh there's also dumb money you know dicks and musical screenings are starting up but we're talking about flora and son not not any of those although i assume we'll, we're going to be talking about the creator on the next show is that the plan i guess so yeah i mean i was gonna say there's also uh no one will save you which i guess kind of uh came out out of the blue but that's from the uh was it brian duffield who did brian uh, duffield spontaneous. yeah spontaneous yeah and so that movie with uh caitlin devere that movie is out on Hulu right now. It's a 20th Century Studios. 20th Century Studios is just like all over the place. I mean, the creator is a 20th Century Studios film. Um, Flor, no, Florence Sun is Apple. But there was another 20th Century Studios film that just dropped like the week before. I'm going to find it right now. But yeah, it's it, that studio has been just pumping them out. But no one will say he's on Hulu right now. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so Will Ashton. Oh, yeah. Haunting in Venice. That's what I was thinking of. The last episode we did on Cinemaholics. There you go. Yeah. But uh, I mean, there was Expendables 4 or Exforables or Ex- Pond 4 or whatever it is. I know we we deliberately were just like, nah, we're not. No, nah, I haven't seen any of those. I don't have any interest. And um, yeah, uh, this coming week, I'm going to be seeing um, All Dirt Roads Taste of Salt. And uh, I'm going to be seeing The Exorcist Believer which will still believes that I won't watch. Uh, but even, even on sure. top of like all these big movies, uh, we, we never got to dumb money, which I might be seeing soon. There's yeah. also some big streaming stuff coming out. Loki is getting its new season. Sex education yeah. is its final season. Um, man, look, Gen V, the, the boys spinoff. And for, for my taste, we'll actually, um, Fear and Beyond Journey's End, this anime that I know you've been looking forward to a lot. You're a big fan of. I watched the first four episodes of today, and they're amazing. Oh, and Ahsoka. Have you watched any of Ahsoka? I have not watched any of those TV shows you just mentioned, and I don't think I'm ever going to. I think I purposely went through a list of all the things that Will will not watch. <laughs> Thus, we will not get to here, but that's fine. Um, no, we're, we're going to talk. I know you watched Stop Making Sense. Um, yes. The Jonathan Demi talking heads thing and that well, I, I saw that was making yeah yeah i mean I, it was my first time seeing it i've I know. seen it before but yeah i mean they were playing in imax courtesy of uh a24 came, that uh, movie came out what the 84 i want to say i think yeah i think it was 84 um got a new restoration looks great sounds even better um yeah i mean if anyone hasn't had a chance to see stop making sense and it's still playing in a theater near you particularly an imax theater near you Highly, highly recommend watching it. Quite arguably uh, the best concert film of all time. Certainly one of the best concert films of all time. 
yeah, I mean, I yeah. don't know if you've seen it, John, but uh, the original, yeah, and I I heard it's a real experience. So, yeah. I mean, it's the same movie. I mean, it, it's not like uh, it's not a remake. I don't know why you call it the original, but yeah, it, it's like you know the same movie, just with the A twenty four logo on top, and uh, yeah, it's just a great time. But no, we're talking about Flora and Son, which. I was really much looking forward to um, people who've been listening to us long enough might know that I am a huge fan of John Carney. Uh, Sing Street is one of my favorite movies just ever. And I, I like his other movies a lot, too. I think a lot of people looking at his filmography will probably say, you know, Once is the best one. Yes. Uh, it was his breakout hit. Uh, it won Best Original Song. Um, that's the 2007 film. And it's I mean, I get it. I, do, it, I rewatched Once last year. And I rewatch it every few years. It's it's just genuinely a blissful, beautiful movie. Um, and it, you can see sort of like that movie really sets up. It wasn't his first movie, obviously. Um, it's even soul directing. Um, but it's the one that I think that's really defined his style moving forward. After that, he did Zonad, which uh, I, I don't love as much, but um, it's still good. And Begin Again, which I really like. Uh, that's the uh, Mark Ruffalo and Karen Knightley movie. And that one, I think, is not quite as popular with people, I want to say. Like... I remember when it came out, it was like people were a little bit like, well, it's not once, you know, which fair, but then Sing Street yeah. came out. I mean, I didn't see, yeah. what was the, uh, you just said it, but what's the film in between once and, uh, begin again? So, Zonad. So that, that was the one okay. with, um, yeah, that John Carney directed with Kieran Carney. Um, so, okay. so that one, uh, not a like very recognizable cast, uh, compared to begin again. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it was fine. It, it was uh, just kind of like a smaller movie compared to Once. It, it just didn't have like as big of it. It was a very short movie. I think it wasn't even like an hour. And, it's not even an hour and a half. It's like less than that. And it's a tight Irish movie worth checking out, but it's small and it's 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 neat because it's, um, it's based it's on. Um, yeah, I think yeah. it's one of the movies. It's based on a short film he did before Once, I should say. Oh, OK. It's funny you said it's a smaller film than Once, because Once is like yeah. a super tiny movie. <laughs> um, I know, I know. But, and even yeah. compared to that, yeah. But yeah, I mean, uh, as far as his filmography goes, um, I mean, I have seen now four of his films, and they're all, I think of that um, archetype that you're talking about, I, I should make a point to kind of check out the, because I know he has one with Cillian Murphy, I think just before Once, uh, and as well as that film you just mentioned. And yeah, they seem uh, like on they the are. Edge. Yes, yeah, and it seems like those ones are a little bit different than what we've kind of acquainted to John Carney's style. But yeah, I mean, I will say, I mean, I've talked about this on the podcast before, but like 2006, 2007 was a really big year as far as my uh, understanding and appreciation of film, particularly independent film. And discovering Once was like one of those, uh, you know, very meaning and meaningful. Uh, moments because it was like one of those films where it felt like a true discovery for me i mean obviously it has gone on since to win like an oscar and became a broadway play but when i saw it it was just like wow like you can make a movie like this for such a small budget such as contained story with two very lived in honest characters and like that that scene where you, you hear falling slowly it just feels very spontaneous and very lovely and i i don't think he's ever in my view going to recapture that charm and that magic again but i've always been excited and eager to check out what he does and yeah i think beginning again i i don't think he ever really felt comfortable uh transitioning into like north america as far as his filmmaking goes but i think that's a decent enough film i remember thinking it was charming for what it was i think i've only um, seen it like twice and yeah, yeah i've seen once more than once and uh, begin yes. again twice yeah 
But um, yeah, I mean, I know you're definitely, I, I do like Sing Street. I think you had a much stronger relationship to that film, and I'm not going to take that away from you. I, I, I really did find it uh, charming and sweet, and it's, you know. Oh, I don't uh, want to undersell it. I, I think Sing Street is genuinely like one of our great movies. I mean, I think that it's like, it, it just captures, I think, like the the freedom and restrictedness of youth in a way that like very few movies of the 20 teens were able to pull off. And I think that that's brotherhood story, too. It's just it's so like unflinchingly honest. You know, I, I, I yeah, I, I would sing the praises of Sing Street any day and defend it uh, as more than just good. I, I think it's a genuinely like truly great movie. Yeah, I mean. I did like it. I, I can't say I had that strong a reaction to it. I do, uh, fittingly, as you mentioned, remember the brother dynamic better than I think the song element and the uh, coming of age. That's funny. I love of- the music in it. And I'm not even the biggest fan of 80s music, specifically UK 80s music. Like, I like it, but it's like, yeah, I think that they oh, they did such a good job with the music in the movie, in my opinion. Um, yeah, no, I, That I, is coming from someone who I, I watch it all the time. So like, I, I do have that sure. relationship with the movie. And I'm not saying the music's bad or anything. I, I do like the music. And I'm just saying that when I think back in the movie, the, the stuff, for whatever reason, I, I reflect on is the the brother dynamic with Jack Renner, who I think does give probably, if not his best, one of his best performances in that I would movie. agree, yeah. Uh, and then I didn't know he was going to be in Florence Song. So when he showed up, I was pretty excited. I was like, oh, he's you know reunited with John Carney. It's yeah. fun. Good to see him again. It's, it's good to see another John Carney movie again. He's been producing stuff. Uh, but yeah, he just hasn't been um, like behind the director's camera in a while. Like he hasn't. This is his first movie in seven behind. years. And uh, what? Uh, I'm sorry. What was that phrase? Behind the, the director's camera. The director's camera. I don't know. I, I, <laughs> do some words together. Having a yeah. little bit of fun. You know, it's Friday morning. What are we gonna do? Um, but yeah, no. I, I I'm a total mark for John Carney, and uh, I, I definitely am a big fan of his work. Um, you know, just. Uh, really like uh bringing irish cinema too to to more people in north america i think is always great and yeah he's one of the the directors he's done a great job of that florin's son also an irish movie so he's he's staying in ireland and i think that like he's kind of you know i don't want to say learned his lesson but i think he's just sort of like all right i have this niche right where like even even i know you kind of jumped over it a little bit but um even on the edge which is not nearly as much of like a musical kind of movie it does have some musical elements but it also has that kind of uh that that same sort of type of romance, like kind of an unrequited romance, but one that sort of like builds over time. That's a very John Carney thing. Uh, he really, you know, loves building that kind of thing. And you never know in his movies, like where it's totally going to go. I think that's why some people maybe had a weird reaction to begin again, because that movie subverted that to some extent. Um, but Florida and Son is very much just sort of like a, I think Carney's attempt to refine his style and maybe create something you know, similar to what he's done before, but uh, you know maybe just a little bit more focused, a little bit more specific, while also kind of avoiding some of the things like it's not Sing Street, uh, it's not trying to be like this uh, woman is going to like become this amazing guitarist overnight. You know he kind of quickly does away with that sort of thing, like that thing you would expect from him. But he's still tapping into the same themes and ideas, you know that he's cultivated for years now and and other movies that he's been you know compared to you know his work has been compared to uh hearts beat loud is the one i was thinking about a lot uh during this movie i forget who directed heartbeats loud but yeah i never saw that one but i did have to double check to make sure he didn't do that film because it has been a while (laughs) like he hasn't done a movie in between this and sing street right right well that's what i'm saying it's been seven years 
Right. Um, yeah. So I, for a moment, I had to be like, did he do Hearts Being Loud? And I just like kind of glazed over that. But no, no, no. He, yeah. was, he wasn't associated with that movie at all. But I remember when that movie came out in 2018, at, like people were like, oh, hey, this is like for John Carney fans. You know, this is the thing to watch. And, you know, if you watch it, yeah, it's it's very much like kind of riffing off of the Sing Street and Once formula. But um, and it's, it's not a bad movie. Uh, you get to see Ted Danson behind a bar again. So that's fun. Uh, but no, Flora and Son follows a single mother named Flora, obviously. Uh, this is played, she's played by Eve Hewson. We've talked about her on the show, I think a couple of times. She was in The Nick, which I know you're a fan yes. of. That's a Steven Soderbergh movie. Uh, no, she's in, show. That's uh, a... Phil, uh, sorry, show, show. Yes, I uh, love The Nick. I think that might be my favorite thing that Soderbergh has directed, quote unquote, uh, post-retirement. Um, <laughs> uh, I think the most recent thing we talked about, uh, or that I saw her in was behind her eyes, the Netflix show that, uh, I talked about on here with a man of the Jedi and then also uh, Tesla. She was in that movie. Um, and she was also in, uh, the Robin hood movie before that. So, you know, she's come up and, oh, man. Uh, are you talking about that Taron Edgerton? Uh, yeah. Did, Robin? I, did I tell you that I rewatched that movie no. unintentionally? Uh, so <laughs> I was on a plane. It was when I was on my on a plane to Australia and I had just watched uh I think I it was around the time I was watching like Uncharted through somebody else's screen. So it was in, it was at night, you know. So like I didn't want to have the screen on like for, on the seat of the plane right. because it would be really bright. My wife was next to me and she was trying to sleep. So I, I kept it off. And so I was just like, I was just sitting there. And I was like, oh, you know, I'll just sit here and like, I don't want to have any screens. But then I saw like there were screens in front of me and I watched the entirety of Robin Hood because it had the subtitles. So I was able to do that to the people in front of me. And I was like, man, this movie sucks. I wonder what's going to happen next. I forgot. <laughs> but anyway, I imagine um, uh, you didn't watch or log that on Letterboxd, but I think you should have. Uh, I think I might have. <laughs> uh, it's possible. Was, did you? I mean, I just imagine you would just be like, I watched the movie the way it was meant to be seen on someone else's <laughs> screen on an Atlantic flight. <laughs> well, no, no, not Atlantic. We went over the uh, the Arctic, oh, sorry. Uh, I think. <laughs> I don't even remember what our trajectory was, but yeah. yeah. Um, actually, no, I think you're right. It was over. Well, no, you're not right. It was over the Pacific. Jesus, we, oh. we were going to Australia. <laughs> like, what am I thinking? All I'm thinking right. of when we went to uh, when we went to Italy. It was that was over the Arctic. All right. anyway. Well, let's let's go back to Ireland and talk about Florida. Back so. to Ireland. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's a decent enough segue. Uh, so anyway, she's a single mother. Steve Houston, love to see her. Uh, she has uh, a teenage son named Max. Uh, he's played by Oren Kinlan, um, who I'm not as familiar with. I think this might be one of his first movies. And he's, he's just kind of like a troublemaker. He's a petty thief, you know, but a lot of the stuff he like steals has to do with uh, his passion for making music. And he's making music because he wants to impress a girl, enter Sting, uh, Sing Street. Um, but Flora is kind of like a little bit, you know, like the character from Once, but she has more of a, an edge to her. Kind of, She's like a combination of like the, the girl from Once and then the, the girl from, um, what was that movie? Uh, Wild Rose with Jesse Buckley. You oh, know, yeah. Where, where she's a little bit like, you know, she cusses, she swears, she knows who she is, and you're mm. not going to take that away from her. She, you know what I mean? Sure. Um, you know, she's a 100% that, you know. Uh, but anyway, she also, um, 
She used to be married to Max's dad, uh, who's played by Jack Rayner. And Jack Rayner is this kind of washed up musician named Ian. And so Ian is like this kind of pretentious, kind of like, you know, my band was awesome. We opened for Snow Patrol. But, you know, he's kind of like a loser. He plays video games all day. Flora is like really annoyed with him because he won't, you know, really take care of his son. Uh, and she kind of wants to impress her son or she wants to like connect with him in some way. So she kind of just throws a lifeline out there. She tries to give him a guitar, like just this beat up guitar she got at a pawn shop. Max isn't interested at all. Uh, it's not that movie, you know, where like they bond over learning to play the guitar together. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> instead, she takes the guitar. She's like, you know what? I'm going to learn it myself. And his dad is a little bit like, what, what are you? You can't just like learn the guitar. Are you stupid? And she's just like, I think you're stupid. And so she starts trying to do it. She goes, and this movie has a very relatable uh, sequence where it's her going through YouTube videos, trying to learn how to do something. Well, I don't know how often you've done stuff like that, but for me, that is just such a common thing. It's something sure. that I know so many people do. I was like, you just like the other day, I literally was like, uh, I was like reading a book and I was like, one of the characters is Scottish. And I was like, you know, I don't really have like a great grasp with like a Scottish accent. So I watched a couple of YouTube videos on how to do a Scottish accent so I could better like have that voice. And like, I just do that for everything now. My dad does stuff like that. Like the other day, my dad was kind of like, oh man, I, you know, I, I had to like repair this door hinge. I didn't know how to do it. And I was like, oh, what do, you know, I, I was trying to like, you know, walk him through it. And he was just like, well, I, I watched on YouTube and I'm like, you do that too? Um, I, I know, Will, you're about to say like, I do everything on my own. I'm a man. Um, <laughs> no, I feel like I do that a lot with like car stuff. Like if like, if something's happening and it's like, oh yeah, changing out my fluids. Money. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like some guy and like, you know, like probably like my setup right now, like on his phone, uh, you know, like in the middle of wherever and he's just like, Hey, it's your pal, <laughs> yeah. Gary Buck coming at you here. I'm going to tell you how to fix your carburetor. There's this meme about that where it's just like you have like some kind of like random specific problem and then in comes somebody from 12 years ago with a YouTube channel right. and 12 followers. Yeah, it's like like 180, you know, FP or whatever. And yeah. Oh, those are the best. That's how you know those are like reliable, though. You're like, all right, we're good. Also, they always have like an accent of some kind. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. Um, but no, she has this scene, uh, Florida does, where she's like trying to find like, you know, guitar lessons, basically learn how to play guitar. And she comes across a guy named Jeff, played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt. He's like, he's like, I didn't know he was in this. Um, and I know you mentioned before you didn't know that Jack Rayner was in this. I didn't know that Eve Houston was in this. I didn't know that Joseph Gordon-Levitt was in this. I, I just watched this totally fresh. I did know that Joseph Gordon-Levitt was in it um, because I remember, I do remember the the coverage from this coming out of Sundance, and it was pretty positive. Actually, I think it was really positive uh, initially, and then I just remember hearing that it was Eve Hewson and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. So I was kind of surprised that it took a little bit before we got to uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. But yeah, uh, yeah. I, mean, I don't think it was that long. Like, it was, I think it was yeah, like towards the end of the first act. So yeah, it takes a minute, and it's it's not a long movie. This is ninety-seven minutes. Um, I, mean, I think I mentioned before it's in select theaters right now, um, and it's hitting streaming today. So. We're recording this on September 29th. So people will be able to actually watch this in the day we put this episode out, which is nice. But yeah, no. So Eve Hewson, it, her character is, you know, like she immediately sees him and she's like, all right, this guy seems like maybe he could be the one. I think she just kind of has like a crush on him um, on this video. So she like hits him up for like guitar lessons. Mm -hmm. And so the movie kind of does this interesting thing where 
it's kind of going back and forth between her learning how to play guitar with this guy who lives in Los Angeles, like other side of the world. And like, they kind of like, you know, they have like a rocky start because she's a little bit, you know, she's like, she's Irish. She's very blunt. She kind of tells him what, how it is with like his own sort of like songwriting. Uh, but then also she's starting to use her, like her newfound hobby of like, you know, I like music. I've always liked music, but like for her, she likes pop music more. She likes dance music. She doesn't really like this kind of like, John Carney music where it's like, you know, once, you know, it's, it's, it's a little bit slower, a little bit more melodramatic, but it's also sort of like investigating like the limitations of that kind of music and her sort of blending the things that she likes in order to connect with her son. Movie also does this interesting thing where, you know, it, it's a lot of zoom calls, right? It, it's a lot of like her and, and Jeff, this guy in LA kind of talking to each other over zoom. So the way the movie gets around that is that eventually it starts to just put them in the frame and them imagining like, being together in the same scene you get used to it pretty quickly but i could see some people being like you know okay it's a gimmick see uh but well what did you think i mean this this movie it's more john carney it's more of i think what his fans want right uh is it something that you wanted yeah i mean well to answer your first question i I do think that was probably for the best because i mean i don't know as much as people have been trying to work around the you know the the idea that we'd live in this very tech uh, screen heavy, uh, day and age. It's, it's kind of hard to make that very innately cinematic. So I, I think he worked around it pretty well. It's a little bit more visually inspired than I think his, uh, style usually tends to be. Not that he's like a bad, uh, visualist or anything, but I just feel like there's something innately kind of more grounded and simplistic about his, uh, visual aesthetic. So it, my, it does. My only complaint is that like when they're doing the zoom calls, the camera work looks too good on well, for- it does yeah yeah it's like what kind of like setup does he have like they should have made it more like low quality because then it would have made it even better when he's in the frame yeah because i mean i thought it was interesting because they were pretty good about that with the other videos i don't know if they actually just pulled up videos online or how that worked out but when they They had to film those with the montage and they were kind of smart about like also making the like recommended videos seem authentic so it seemed like there was attention to detail there um but yeah but then yeah you get the joke to jeff and it's like the lighting and it's like oh here we go here's the plot yeah Yeah. it looks like he's like an apple commercial so (laughs) are you you just saying that because sometimes people confuse him with justin long no no i'm i mean (laughs) and and i was even clocking that uh this is now a apple Apple tv yeah 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 Um, yeah this is i think apple really was looking at this as like maybe this is the next coda um and in full disclosure i do work for apple i don't work for apple tv um, so this is not a, uh, you know, conflict of interest thing, but, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm giving my honest thoughts on the movie. Yeah. You're gonna, if you, you can feel free to take a huge shit on this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it would be funny if you were like hyping up John Carney this whole time and you're just like, man, this movie. F- or oops. Let me yeah, tell what you. podcast do you think we're on? Will Ash and all these, all these uh, swears and cusses. This movie sucks, but no, um, no, I, I do think maybe my one big complaint about the film is that I do feel like by John Carney standards, it does kind of fall into the once again thing where it's like a little safe by his standards. Not that I think he's ever really taken huge risks though. It does sound like you are a little bit more familiar with filmography and I haven't seen. I do like that. You called it once again. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) But that kind of works. I mean, you're just kind of, you know, mushing them together in a way and that's fitting. No, but, uh, you know, that was not an intentional pun. Um, but no, I, I, I do think he has kind of generally, you know, stuck to a formula. But it does seem like 
something like Sing Street is, you know, certainly a lot more personal, a little bit more uh, self-exploitative and all that. And, and this one just seems like he's kind of fully fitting himself into like what people perceive to be like a John Carney film. I'll bet with maybe a little bit bigger budget and some more notable stars attached. So it does kind of feel like a meshing of, you know, like the, the North American uh begin again and then like what we've seen but in general i just feel like this kind of feels almost like kind of like a stew of john carney movie it just has a lot of elements he mentioned of his other films kind of work together and initially i I guess i was a little resistant to that because just like okay it doesn't seem like it's really kind of doing you know anything truly out of the box it kind of seems like he's going maybe through the motions a little bit but in true john carney fashion it is very endearing. It, it is very sweet. I do think Eve Hewson really fits into this character really well. Um, you know, I, I think she does have a very lived-in quality uh, that was seen in The Nick and also is allowed to really flourish in this film. Um, and, yeah, I think she is able to have pretty strong chemistry with Joseph Gordon-Levitt, which is impressive considering uh, the limitations that are inherent in that character dynamic. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I, I don't think it's like a amazing groundbreaking movie, but it does feel very much like a film that'll be very safe, very comfortable in the Apple TV programming. It's, it's comfortable. It's sweet. It's good natured. You're going to walk away with a smile or rather, uh, sit up from your couch with a smile. And yeah, I mean, got some nice kind of cute tunes. I do kind of wish it had maybe a little bit more of an edge at times, especially when it comes to the sun, uh, you know, the titular and son, uh, I feel like there's like, you know, like you said, like he's supposed to kind of be this rebel rouser, this troublemaker, but like we very rarely kind of focus on his like stealing and his kind of, uh, history of crime to the point where when it's kind of reintroduced later in the film, I, I kind of had forgotten about it a little bit. Cause it's just like, we spent so much time, you know, seeing him as a scrappy little kid who has a crush on a neighbor girl and just mm-hmm. wants to be a, uh, you know, a techno music guy and all this. And so I, I do think there is maybe a little bit of opportunity to like kind of make it a little bit more grounded and heartfelt. I think that is something that, that shines a little bit more in once and in sing street, but overall, yeah, definitely had a lovely time. I think John Carney fans are going to like it. I imagine you liked it too. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it. I, I think that, uh, a lot of what you said, I'm totally jiving with, you know, and I, I think that, uh, I, I, I want to say about the son, you know, I, I think that like in the beginning of the movie, I don't like him, but I think that that's serving the movie's purpose. You know, like a lot of the beginning of the movie is like, well, the mom doesn't like him either. And it, it you, over time, like I warmed up to him a bit because I started to see those layers a bit more. There are a couple of, you know, there are just like a couple of fun things that involve his character. He's kind of, a, he's, he's super cringe. He's super like, you know, he's just this kid that like, you know, it, it, the movie never like overhypes like how good he is at music, but it also shows that like, yeah, he has potential and sure. he just kind of wants to find his way. And that's kind of where he and his mother kind of like connect is is in the fact that like their imperfections don't, you know, they, they re- kind of realize together that they don't have to be, you know, anything more than than who they are. They can just keep trying to get better a day at a time. And I, I really think Eve Houston is the reason this movie works because the writing isn't like amazing. I think overall it's not a remarkable movie, but I think that sh- her presence, you know, her, you know, and her musical quality. I mean, it's, it is kind of funny that at least I haven't really seen her in anything musical considering like Bono is her father. <laughs> like it is kind of funny in that way. Uh, but she does, she has, she has pipes. Like you can, you can kind of see like, huh? No, I say I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that, uh, you know, maybe 
until now she's tried to like maybe shy away from that but like yeah she has like pretty natural talent because her singing is quite good and uh, her acting i think is even better uh so i think that uh i think she did um she was in that music video though for the script way back in the day uh for the first time um i don't know if you're a fan of the script at all uh, i used to be back when i was in college but uh yeah no she uh because they're an irish band so i think that was like one of the like her earliest things that she did and uh also, like Eve Houston, also she just has this quality about her where she looks young and mature at the same time. Like she's literally my age. Like we're mm-hmm. we we were born around the same time. But like when I see her, I see somebody like older than me. But also like that doesn't take away from like this movie showing that she is still somebody who is youthful. Uh, so yeah, she she has an interesting quality about her in that way. Uh, and I think it has a lot to do with her acting, but also the way that it, it definitely seems like John Carney like built a lot of this movie around her and like found her as a person was just like, man, you know, she would make a great, you know, centerpiece in this kind of movie. Uh, although I don't know for sure, like where everything sort of began, you know, was began again. Yeah. 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 Um, Gordon Levitt, I'm less enthused by in this. I think he's okay, but I don't think he's, I don't know if it's the writing or if it's just the limitations, but it, I don't know. I felt like he was kind of sleepy in this. I don't know. You're talking about uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, um, well, I was, uh, sorry, I was chuckling before because I was. you were like, I see this older, kind of more mature person in Eve Houston, and I was imagining, like, he's a, the leader of a rock band, and <laughs> he, he tours all over the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He, had, he, he puts, like, songs, when I want to listen to him, I don't have to look for his songs, they just show up on my phone. <laughs> Oh, that is funny. I didn't even make the connection that like Apple um like put that U two album on everyone's uh, well, and, uh, yeah, yeah. And well Apple and YouTube have had a long have had a relationship for a long time, uh, product red, stuff like that. I'm of course very aware of that sort of things in my work. Uh, but yeah, I shouldn't comment any further. So sure, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I didn't even make the connection that like her father has a history of just Apple dropping his uh his music on people's servers and now uh apple was just dropping her his uh, daughter's music <laughs> yeah there you go um i did li- i liked some i didn't love the music in this but weirdly enough i like sort of hate like the sons thing um that he does sure. like for the girl and i also i like the rooftop song they do um her yeah. and the jeff character i think that that was like a, a pretty decent one the movie yeah. tries to end like wild rose does doesn't nail it i don't think i don't think the song is quite there i think it's fun it's it's kind of written in in a nice way and i like again i like how imperfect it is it's it's not like this big showstopper but i think the movie was kind of building up to a wild rose moment and like wild rose really like that movie made me feel something at the very end this movie i was kind of like oh it's over okay that was nice yeah yeah. no i agree with that i mean i did think I, i mean i won't give away like the components of the last number but like when they show the group shot, I'm like, in what world is this not a huge mess? <laughs> like, I know, right? <laughs> like, uh, yeah, but no, um, it's pretty silly. It was pretty silly. You're right. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Um, but yeah. But no, I mean, I think it's a very, um, yeah. I, don't, I, I think I like that the music is good, but like I, I think uh, with a couple exceptions, like it never feels like too clean or too polished. It's more believable. I think with like Sing Street, 
Sing Street has this kind of mythical quality to it when it comes to the music, but it it has in movie reasons for that um, because they are basically ripping off these like eighties pop stars, these rock stars, um, and so you can kind of believe it. And also, like the characters are written to be sort of like prodigious. In this movie, that's not. You know, I think Carney was very deliberate about that. They probably could have amped the music up, but we're like, no, nah, you know, like that's not this movie, which I, I respect that. Yeah. But um, to answer your earlier question, I, I don't know. I guess I was a little bit kinder to Joe Gordon Levy. Maybe I'm just like kind of happy to see him in things nowadays because I like you know, him a lot as a person. I mean, we've always gotten along. Well, no, but I mean, like as a screen presence, I, I always kind of find him uh, kind of charming because I don't know. Like, I feel like he was on a really good hot streak like 10 years ago. And then now, yeah. like, I feel like he doesn't really, I don't know if it's like hit record or like what he's been keeping busy with. I know he had like an Apple show that he was like pretty heavily involved with that, that only lasts like a season. But yeah. yeah, I mean, like, you know, like when he, when he pops up in things now, it feels like you're never like major events. Like there was like that airplane movie that came out during the pandemic that he was like good in, but you know, wasn't, didn't rock the needle or anything like that. I think uh, his last like terrific movie was uh, Don John. And I, I think, and that was 10 years ago. You know, but to to what you're saying, I mean, the guy went from like, you know, he he was having such a like premium rush, Looper, Lincoln, Inception. I mean, he was just like he was all over it. And I remember 500 Days of Summer even before that. And yeah. then Don John was really, really great. And, uh, you know, he had good stuff after that, for sure. Like, inter- like the walk, you know, but yeah, uh, yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. But nothing like super remarkable that he was like a main guy in. like he just kind of like shows up here and there in certain things and like he started showing up in like netflix stuff i think try trial of chicago seven you know he was in that i think and then, yeah i don't know oh i forgot he was in that well, yeah <laughs> huh. he's gonna be in the uh the beverly hills cop movie oh yeah they already filmed that yeah 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 so we'll like, see well, how that goes i mean what happened there but um <laughs> yeah i mean i don't know it is interesting yeah because i i did see that uh, I think this week was like the 10 year anniversary of Don John. I know you're not on Twitter anymore, but like people were kind of having, you know, kind of interesting discussions about the film, like whether or not it's really aged well or not. But I mean, whatever faults that movie may have, I don't know. I mean, it's been, you know, that's now, a good movie. It's, it's been literally a decade since I've seen it, but you, you just, you really see the promise of him as a, you know, star and a, a director. And, you know, you, you can just tell he has like a lot of, uh, you know, innate presence and, uh, you know, really can just shine, uh, as a performer. I, we forgot, uh, he was also in that, um, uh, Pinocchio, uh, Robert Zanekis movie as Jiminy Cricket. I didn't forget. I just didn't want to, <laughs> sure. I don't want to do that to the guy. Sure. But yeah, I mean, like you said, it's mostly just been kind of streaming stuff of late, which is unfortunate, but yeah, I mean, uh, as far as his performance here is concerned, yeah, I think he's, you know, more serviceable, I think than good, but yeah, I don't think it's a, you know, it's not a performance I'm going to fault. It is one that I think is meant to kind of rely more on his charm than his, like, acting ability. But I think he fit the role uh, pretty well. I agree, yeah. It, it's more like <clears throat> not a lot is asked of him, you know, so I can't really fault the guy. It's just sort of like his, he's a very perfunctory sort of character. Um, and I think it's because the real attention is on Eve Houston's character as it should be. And I think it works out to the movie's benefit more often than it doesn't. It's just sort of, you know, I don't know. I, I think I'll, I do appreciate that the movie avoids some of the like tropey stuff of like, well, we got to have this thing happen right before the third act. We, we have to hit this formula, like for a movie that does fall into a Carney formula so much. I'm glad it does in some respects because Carney tends to avoid some really tropey things and it's made his movies kind of resemble each other. Cause he goes back to that. Well. 
But because a lot of other movies don't do what he does, to me, it still feels like refreshing, you know, and, and it, it just sort of feels like I'm I'm watching the mark of, uh, dare I say it, an auteur. Um, but yeah, no, a good movie. And I, I think um, it's it's not, I think, a rush out and see it in theaters movie. I mean, obviously, it's it's fun to watch John Carney with an audience if you can. But uh, yeah, I would, honestly, most of the movies I've seen from him actually have been in um like on a screen by myself. I think the only movie I saw with an audience was Sing Street and not even the first time. Like the first time I watched Sing Street was on my own. And then mm-hmm. uh, the, I think, yeah, beginning again, I saw on the big screen, but that's it. I, I didn't see once uh, with an audience, um, which I feel like I must have missed out, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, yeah, I, I can't say I've seen any of his movies uh, theatrically, which I guess is a little surprising. But yeah, yeah I guess because I just kind of innately imagine his movies being very, you know, intimate and, uh, homey and all that so i guess it just feels more comfortable to watch him at home i'll tell you what i was you want to know what i was doing while i was watching flora and son uh i uh, is it pg yeah of course <laughs> jesus <laughs> i was i was making <laughs> i was making macaroni and cheese man uh yeah i have like a very elaborate mac and cheese from scratch uh recipe so i was like grating cheese and i was like doing the pasta and you know it was a nice time in my kitchen you know watching a john carney movie you know tapping my toes to the music all right let's play the rotten tomatoes game all right foreign son um i'm surprised you didn't uh watch this at sundance uh i don't remember if it i was able to because i i don't know if it was one of the ones that you could watch online um because I remember wanting to pretty badly because I knew it was Carney and uh, that not being able to happen was pretty sad. Because I watched everything that I could that was like on my radar. Um, but I don't remember the details. Uh, so we have 93 reviews counted. I think a bunch of them are from Sundance. Uh, but now that it's on streaming, I think more reviews are going to come trickling in. But let's capture this moment in time, Lashin. What do you think of Rotten Tomatoes score is? Oh, I think it's going to be strong. Uh, it, it could be in the 90%, but maybe uh, now that like, you know, I don't know. Uh, if the reviews out of Sundance are uh, as strong as they were then, but um, you know, like the reviews post Sundance is what I meant to say, but uh, I'm going to say 86%. 86%. It is not. It is 95. Okay. Yeah. I, I was wondering if this was going to be in the nineties. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I could see it going a little bit down though, to what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about audience score? We don't have a lot of ratings, um, fewer than 50. So this one's a little bit more of a crapshoot, but what do you think? Uh, Oh, is it like something super high, like 98%? No, it's 85. Okay, so it was by flip-flop. Yeah, yeah, a little bit a little bit surprising. Um, uh, and I, I did I did want to read this one uh, review off Letterboxd. So this is a three-and-a-half-star review by Jared Mubarak. Uh, Floor and Sun might not be as great as Once or Sing Street, but it is charmingly sweet and funny, en route to a rousing, bow-tied ending performance that should have you leaving with a smile on your face. So I think pretty in line with how i feel about the movie uh amanda the jedi also gave it nice marks um and then i'm trying to find like a, a negative review but th- there just aren't a lot i mean people are giving it like three stars I- i'm seeing yeah. plenty of four stars uh here we go okay this one is two and a half pretty long though uh so i won't do the whole thing but this is by rose esposito i've read rose's work before yeah, I'm brave enough to say it. This is a movie about why Ireland should have legalized abortion way sooner. Jesus. And I support that yep. message. <laughs> but oh, man. This largely did not good. work for me, which is apparently not a popular opinion. I assumed I'd enjoy it in a slightly less... Uh, in a slightly bland sort of way, but some writing choices really threw me. Our protagonist is an unlikable single mom who throws herself at every man in sight, takes up a new hobby just to impress men, hates her kid, and blames everyone else for her choices. 
did uh, the subreddit Nice Guys write this? Or maybe R Gatekeeping, judging by how she had to be taught by a man to understand real music. Not that pop uh, SHIT she likes. I don't appreciate having both sides now weaponized like that. A man literally tells her to name five bands for Christ's sake. Uh, I'm all about flawed female characters, yeah, but not when their flaws are entirely built around and then seemingly fixed by men. I'm not even sure this one passes the Bechdel test, and it easily could. Even the subplot with the son and his crush has unsettling girls want uh, bad boys and not nice guys vibes. The final act does allow for some meaningful character growth, but I don't know, not entirely for the right reasons. She's never allowed to really change and find herself in a way that's not framed as selfish. I'm a sentient human and therefore not immune to the charms of Joseph Gordon-Levitt. And some of the songs are indeed catchy, though not even close to Drive It Like You Stole It. I definitely agree with that. Which I still maintain was robbed of an Oscar nom. But the would-be charm of it all was soured by a lot of these details, and I guess I'm destined to be alone in my cross-armed displeasure. I should never have trusted a guy who randomly insulted Keira Knightley for no reason. <laughs> the very fair point on that last one. I, I gotta say, I, I really disagree with the, the takeaway here, but I can see where Rose is coming from, honestly. Um, I could I can definitely see reading that into, like, this is a, a female character who gets fixed by men. I don't think that's really, though, in the text, at least not from what I saw. I just, I got the sense that, like, guys were trying to fix her, and if anything, she was rejecting them and doing things her own way. That, that was my takeaway, at least. But, you know, certainly, like, people can interpret things differently, for sure. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that feels a little bad faithy to me as far as like trying to read it. Um, I mean, I, I'm not saying the text doesn't support some of that, but I, I agree. I feel like my takeaway from the film was that she was doing this for her own purposes. It wasn't so much like she was trying to like please the men in her life, with maybe the exception of her son. Um, but, you know, I mean, well, I think what's interesting about her is that like her motivation does kind of change at, at times. Like there is there are moments where she like kind of wants to do it too. Yeah. That's a pretty fair criticism. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I think ultimately it is, uh, yeah, no, I, I think it's a film that's about a woman trying to kind of find herself through music, which is so crucial to, uh, Carney's, uh, filmography. And also obviously like characters finding harmony, not only in life, but in <laughs> their guitar. Yeah. And I know, I know Rosa, I've read Rosa's work before and you know, they, they aren't a bad faith person. I think that they, I think I'm seeing like certain things happen in this movie that sort of like, you know, brought up certain, you know, like a displeasure that Rosa's speaking to that I totally can see why that would happen. And I guess my only, my thing was that when I was watching these guys do that, like try to be like, although the name five bands, I was like, uh, you know, but I thought I was like seeing through her eyes like how annoying that was because i didn't see uh the eve houston character take that to heart i didn't see her change herself to like sort of satisfy that pretentiousness if anything i saw her sort of again like reject it and be like nah you know like she makes a song with her son that is not like the kind of song that the the joseph gordon levitt character likes but you know an interesting thing to bring up uh for sure um yeah. and then I'll, I'll i'll do one more uh I'll do like a positive one um, so this is a four star review by Zane Gray. Uh, the first one was uh, three and a half stars. This one's four stars. So this is uh, Zane Gray said, John Carney has this beautiful and natural act for creating stories where music serves as the most integral element. He then couples it with compelling and inspiring characters that fill your heart and soul. This might not be better than Sing Street, but uh, damn, it's real close. Flora and Son is heartbreaking at times, but there's so many feel good moments. Eve Houston is incredibly endearing, but man, do I love seeing Joseph Gordon-Levitt returned to co-leading a movie. Loved every minute of this. I, I don't totally agree. I, I, I and I'm glad though that uh, Zane liked the movie as much as he did. But I, I wouldn't say that it's close to as good as Sing Street. Um, maybe you do because, like, I think Sing Street. You're not as big. You're not like as like you're not worshiping that movie like I am. So, um, but yeah, yeah. But I still think that's like 
a good film in a way it's like yeah it's like pretty good like it's solid like i feel like you know as you were saying before like if i were to rate this i'd probably give it like a three out of five like it's definitely worth the watch especially if you don't you know have to go out of your way to see it if it's on apple tv I, I think you're gonna get a lot out of it if you love this kind of film but yeah i just i don't think it really uh i don't know it doesn't feel as personal to me it doesn't feel as exportative uh yeah i i don't i don't i can't say it, it reaches that level but yeah it feels like a fun movie that john carney made with some friends which yeah. I, I, I'm totally happy with myself. Um, we'll finish out with the Letterboxd average. Uh, so that's 2.3 thousand watches. Very, very, very low. Um, as I guess to be expected. This is the Sundance crowd kind of reacting to the movie. But uh, yeah, Will, um, what do you think? Uh, out of four, what do you think this uh, rating is? Uh, out of four? Oh, yeah. As, oh, sorry, out of five. Jeez. I was going to say, I was really confused there. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm going to say, is it like, 4.1 right now it is not it is 3.6 hmm. which i think like looking i i, I think because i saw a lot of three and a half so i'm like okay yeah, that tracks okay Although, I, I think i misspoke earlier so i meant the jet i gave it four stars for some reason i was thinking she gave it three um and i'll, yeah. I'll read what she had here the, and it, you know it, it's fitting right because we talked about the last eve houston thing uh on this show but uh so man of the jedi said so glad to end the fest at sundance off at the mountain resort with some quality would have liked to see a bit more with the sun and for someone to appear at the end, but really enjoyable. Um, so won't, won't speak to that uh, specifically because I would give away certain things. But uh, uh, yeah, I kind of like that the movie didn't do the, a certain thing at the end. Sure. Me personally, I kind of like that the movie did that. I thought it was actually more realistic, uh, but I could see why, the, you know, I, I, I will admit, I, I think a little bit of my heart twinged at a certain way, but that's fine. Yeah, I mean, I think the Hollywood version of this film would have had blank happening, but yeah, yeah it's better at, at, that it goes the way it did. We'll be back, uh, not next week, I guess, but like pretty soon, I want to say. I don't, who knows? We're going to talk about The Creator. Uh, Will, I think, uh, are you planning to watch that in like Dolby or anything? Or do you have any plans? I'm going to try to. I really do love original sci-fi, and especially, you know, something like this where it seems to be getting good reviews. It seems like people... You know, I I haven't seen universal praise of it, but yeah, it, I mean, it has, it's it's an interestingly received like not to get ahead of the Rotten Tomatoes game for it, but yeah, it's it's a movie that's kind of contentious and polarizing. There are people like me who really love it, and I've been seeing some people who I respect who are like this ain't it, or they have at least like this is good, but like severe criticism. So I'm I'm really fascinated by the reaction to it and what you might think. Yeah, I didn't realize you you I, I knew you liked that. I didn't realize you loved it. So that's interesting. Maybe love is a strong word. I gave it a nine out of ten on wow. in between drafts. That is, that's a lot. That is pretty high, yeah. yeah. And I think that yeah, it's I think it's deserving. And I, I I labored over that score because I was like, you know, I really want to give this movie a lot of credit because it is just yeah, I had quite an experience with it. And I hope when you watch it, you watch it in a really good format. I saw it in Dolby IMAX, hmm. which I'll admit, maybe it's because of the Oppenheimer effect. I didn't feel like the the IMAX was like that crisp, but the Dolby itself was like really, really cool to see. So if you could, if you could catch it at least in Dolby, I think that uh, you might be happy. I'll keep that in mind for sure. We'll see y'all next time from the Internet California. I'm John Agrini, and from the Internet Pennsylvania, I'm Will. We will begin again. I don't know. There you go. Bye. You got it. Bye.